Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us on today's segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship. We believe you make a difference one life at a time. Well, we're about to go into a new year and God always has something to say to us about what's in front of us. I've often heard some people say what's in front of you is greater than what's behind you. So we're looking forward to the prosperity and sovereignty of God in the new year. And this is the topic of today's podcast, the synergy of God's sovereignty for the new year. The word synergy comes from the Greek word sun, S-U-N, which means together, and ergon, which means work. It's the same root word that gives us the English terms ergonomics and energy. When one thing magnifies the effect of another together, they have synergy. Synergy is further defined as a combined or cooperative action or force. When we combine God's sovereignty with our faith, together we have synergy, which provides us with the energy to succeed, not in some things, but in all things. As we consider the theme or topic of today's podcast, the key to prosperity in this new year is God's sovereignty, and the key is our faith. Although there were hardships, setbacks, difficulties, uncertainties, heartache, and heartbreak this year, things that you may not have understood why you had to endure or go through, yet people of God, if you're listening to this podcast, you're still here. You're still standing under the canopy of God's sovereignty of Psalm 91. He that abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, we will say, he is our refuge and our fortress, our God in whom we will trust. <clears throat> the Message Bible version of 1 Chronicles 29 and 11, speaking of God's sovereignty, declares, David blessed God in full view of the entire congregation. Blessed are you, God of Israel, our Father from of old and forever. To you, O God, belongs the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, the kingdom is all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. Riches and glory come from you. You're ruler over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand to build up and strengthen all. And here we are, O God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. The common English version of First Chronicles 29 and 11, speaking of God's sovereignty, David declares, your power is great and your glory is seen everywhere in heaven and on earth. You are king of the entire world. To say that God is sovereign, we mean the supremacy of God, the kingship of God. Further, to declare that God is sovereign is to say, as Daniel declared in the fourth chapter and the 35th verse in the Common English Bible, all of earth's inhabitants are nothing in comparison. The Most High does whatever he wants with heaven's forces and with earth's inhabitants. No one can contain his power or say to him, what do you think you're doing? Psalm 115 and 3 further declares that our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. Job says in chapter 42 and the second verse, I know that you can do all things 
and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Absolutely everything that needs to be done to bring about his purposes, God sees to it that it happens. God's sovereignty is absolute and infallible. God's sovereignty is his right and power to do all that he decides to do. From the preceding passages of scripture, God's sovereignty can be defined as the perfect exercise of his power, wisdom, and goodness in all things and for all time. This is the God of our Bible. Sovereignty characterizes the entire being of God. He is sovereign in all of his attributes, the exercise of his power, exercised in his will, when he wills and where he wills. This fact is further evidence on every page of our Bibles. In Deuteronomy 8 and 18, the Bible says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives power. How does he give us power? Because he's sovereign. He gives thee power to get wealth. The word power in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 means force, strength, the ability to do something. Yet Moses in the first portion of the verse says, Remember the Lord thy God. Why is this important? Because he is the one that gives you the strength because he's sovereign. He's the one that gives you the strength, the force, the power, the ability to get wealth. Remembering the Lord our God concerning wealth means that there must be balance. God is not opposed to us having wealth or having money in this new year or in our future as long as the money does not have us. Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, beginning at the 15th verse, in the New Living Translation, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to him in verse 17, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. Verse 19, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him in verse 20, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. What this passage teaches us, teaches us is that you can be rich financially and bankrupt and poor spiritually. A supposed financial security does not exempt one from misery. History has recorded an untold multitude of people that have had all the money that they need, but have been miserable in life. First Timothy 6 and 10 reminds us, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This verse is sometimes used to say that money is evil, but that is not what it says. It is the love of money, not money itself, that leads to evil choices. In this epistle, Paul warned his son in the faith, Timothy, about false teachers who would infiltrate the church for financial profit. Their greed would not only fleece unsuspecting believers, but also infect the church with the love of money. David says in Psalm 62 and 10, though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. The principle that we learn in Psalm 62 and 10 is the reason why Jesus says in Luke 12 and 21, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. When our focus is on a rich relationship with God, 
we become living examples of Proverbs 10 and 22 in the International Standard Version that declares, the blessing of the Lord establishes wealth and difficulty does not accompany it. The Message Bible version of this verse says, God's blessings makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. Because of his sovereignty, God desires that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word prosper means to go well on life's journey. God desires that you prosper spiritually, socially, physically, financially, mentally, and emotionally as we go through life's journey. How do we know this? Because Psalm 102 and 13 declares, Thou shalt arise, David speaking of God, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, Zion being the church, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. The time to be favored by God is in this new year. According to God's sovereign will, there is a set time for the favor of God to manifest in your life. Time is generally defined in the Greek as chronos and kairos. Chronos represents, represents a chronological time that is calculated in seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, and millennia. Kairos represents a God-appointed time when something is to occur. Kairos generally denotes God's divine intervention in your life to accelerate or bring to pass some occurrence or event on your behalf. It is a moment that is unplanned, unexpected, and unscheduled when God decides to bless or favor you according to his sovereign will. In other words, Kairos is a time when God decides that he's going to do you a favor. Favor is an uncommon blessing or breakthrough that God himself has orchestrated, choreographed, and ordained for your life. This favor comes directly from the hand of God. 1 Samuel 1 and 26 tells us, And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and men. And in Luke 2 and 52, the Bible says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In this new year, God's sovereignty is in the set time of his favor which positions you for success and transcends all barriers, whether they may be racial, social, cultural, financial, relational, or even generational. God's favor has nothing to do with how educated you or I may be, your socioeconomic status, your level of financial prominence, your political persuasion, ethnicity, or nationality. The favor of God does not enter or settle upon our lives because of who we are or what we may have done, but favor comes into your life and into my life because of his sovereign will. I'm reminded of Esther, who replaced Vashti as queen in Shushan. She was an orphan girl who had gone through much, through so much turmoil during the course of her life, but somehow found grace in the sight of God because he's sovereign. She had lost both parents and was forced to grow up in a time when her people, the Jews, were under great persecution. However, one moment of crisis in the kingdom of Shushan presented a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Esther because of the favor and sovereignty of God on her life. The removal of Vashti as queen created a glorious moment for God to display his power through Esther and set in place a divine plan for the deliverance of his people, the Jews. Esther 2 and 15 says, And when the turn of Esther came, 
That was the set time for Esther. This clearly means that God has an appointed time when he will turn your situation around. Esther's turn came and immediately she went from rags to riches and from poverty to a wealthy place. She didn't have to fight, manipulate or buy her way to success. The king's scepter was simply extended to her. <clears throat> In that single moment, when God had determined that it was Esther's turn, her entire life transformed and changed. In this new year, by the power and sovereignty of his word, in Psalm 102 and 13, I prophesied that the favor of God will surround you like a shield and change your entire life. As you serve him in the new year, your faith is the key that unlocks his sovereignty for the purpose of divine prosperity. Because of the favor of God on your life, according to Esther 2 and 15, it's your turn and it's your time. I prophesy according to his word that you will have divine encounters this year and that doors of opportunity will be open for you. Your faith is the key that unlocks his sovereignty for the purpose of divine prosperity. As we defined earlier, God's sovereignty can be defined as the perfect exercise of his power, wisdom, and goodness in all things and for all time. In his sovereign will, Jesus says in the New Living Translation of Luke 10 and 19, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you to walk in God's sovereign will for your life, fulfilling the purpose of growing in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and man as Samuel did and as Jesus himself did, leads us to prosperity by his sovereignty. Yet we must all understand that the enemy is going to increase his assaults, his attacks on your mind in the new year that has the potential to influence and impact your, your actions. Some may say, if God is sovereign, why does he allow human suffering? The answer to this question can begin with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve lost the wisdom of God because they chose not to obey God in the garden. The enemy caused, influenced Adam and Eve to think differently from what God thought or what God said. In the new year, we need the wisdom of God accompanied with our faith that provides synergy to open up the door of God's sovereignty. Wisdom looks like Proverbs 3, 3, and 4 in the Passion Translation that declares, let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living life well. Oh, glory to God. Psalm 111 and 10 in the Amplified Bible teaches us that the reverent fear and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and skill, the preceding and the first essential, the prerequisite and the alphabet. A good understanding, wisdom and meaning have all those who deal of the who, all those who deal who do the will of the Lord. This is the praise of him that endures forever. In Proverbs chapter 2 in the Amplified Bible, beginning at the fourth verse, God says to us, if you, if you and I seek wisdom as we seek for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures, 
Then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our omniscient God. Verse six, for the Lord gives skillful. The Bible says God gives skillful and godly wisdom from his mouth. Come knowledge and understanding. Verse seven, he hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous. Wisdom is not obtainable by just anybody. You've got to pursue a righteous life because he hides it away and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and integrity. The challenge for many on occasions is it's one thing to quote the Bible. It's another thing to believe it and live it and be transformed by it. Some may further ask, if God is so wise and sovereign, why doesn't he do something about the evil in the world? And as Christians, we can confidently respond. He has, through Jesus' birth, God himself has entered the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew said in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, a virgin shall be with child. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. The, man, the name Emmanuel simply means that God saves. To be saved is to be restored to right relationship with God. But salvation also means to be rescued or to escape. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and 3, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, on Jesus, on Emmanuel. Many people are without peace because they have yet to discover the saving grace of Emmanuel, God with us. In accordance with his sovereign will for us as his people, in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, in the Message Bible, Jesus asked the question, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? And Jesus never asked a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. And if we're honest, in this year, there have been times when we've been tired, worn out, burned out on religion. See, in religion, with religion without relationship is work without the relationship. Did you hear what I just said? I said religion can be the work in the church without worship. You can work in the church and still miss the worship. Are you tired, Jesus says? Worn out, burned out on religion. Here's the answer. Jesus then says, if you're tired, worn out, burned out on working without experiencing the worship, Jesus says, come to me. Don't come to your girlfriend, your, your prayer partner. Don't even go to your pastor. Jesus says, come to me. Oh, I know I'm messing up somebody's theology right here. No, does that mean you can't ever go to your pastor? No, that's not what it means. But Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. The word rest is not a cuss word. Rest also means to trust, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct our path. Jesus goes on further in Matthew 11. He says in the Message Bible, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. 
In other words, just walk with me. That's what he intended for Adam and Eve to walk with him in the cool of the garden. In the garden, it was sweatless for them. But now because of sin in the world, we're sweating through everything. Everything is trying and difficult. But when we walk with him, work with him, watch how we do it. Then he says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's unforced. It's flowing like rivers of living water. There's a rhythm to my grace. Paul understood that God's grace is sufficient for him through all of the hardships, ups, downs, ins and outs, being beaten three times with rods, being beaten five times with 39 lashes, save one, uh, being shipwrecked, being uh, set upon by robbers and muggers. But Paul learned the unforced rhythms of grace. In this new year, child of God, uh, walk with the Lord, work with him, walk with him, watch how he does it. How do we watch how he does it? It's by learning the unforced rhythms of grace in his word. He then says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The King James Version, he says, Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we take God's yoke and his burden upon us, he says it's light and it's easy. If there's stress, struggle and strain, we've taken on a load that God has never intended for us to take on. Unforced can be defined as free-flowing, deliberately designed, unconstrained, free. Rhythm may also be defined as a regular repeated pattern of events or activities. In other words, the unforced rhythms of grace as we walk with God, as we walk with him day by day, hour by hour, letting him order our steps. The scripture says the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord, when we live and operate in the unforced rhythms of Emmanuel's grace, this is where we get away with him to recover our lives and learn how to take a real rest. To recover is to return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. Did you hear what I said? A normal state of health, mind, or strength. Many have yet to learn that life is not a playground, but a battleground. And we need the unforced rhythms of his grace in this new year, which is obtainable in our fellowship, our partnership, our agreement and unity with his sovereign will. First John chapter one, verses three and four in the voice translation declares what we saw and heard. We pass on to you so that you, too, will be connected with us intimately and become family. John, the apostle one that walked with Jesus for three years, appointed and anointed as an apostle. He declares to the church what we saw and heard as we walk with the Lord. We pass it on to you so that you too will be connected with us intimately and become family. Child of God, we have the responsibility to pass on to others what we have experienced, what we have encountered in the saving grace and the unforced rhythms of God's grace where we have learned how to walk with him, where he talks with us, where the idea of family, 
family is united by our connection with the father and his son, Jesus. This is first John chapter one. Family is united by our connection with the father and his son, Jesus, the anointed one, verse four. And we write all of this because retelling this story fulfills our joy. Oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength and it ought to fill us with joy when we're able to share with somebody how God has brought us over. Just as Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter four, we're crossing over to the other side. Child of God in this new year, it's time to cross over from this year into the new year of his sovereign will for our lives. The sovereignty of God is the perfect expression of his power, wisdom, and goodness in all things and for all time. We have talked about his power. We've talked about his wisdom briefly, and now we want to conclude today by talking about his goodness for a few moments. David in Psalm 27 speaks of trouble from enemies, adversaries, false witnesses, violent men, and times in his life. Anybody ever been there? In verse chapter one, the New International Version, David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Verse three, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then will I be confident. Verse four, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Verse five, for in the day of trouble, keep living. If you haven't had any trouble, trouble is got your address, your email address and your cell phone. For the in the day of trouble, David says, he keeps me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Now David says in the expanded version of Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14, I truly believe, child of God, you got to believe in the new year as David did. I truly believe I will see the Lord's goodness during my life in the land of the living. Verse 14, wait for, hope in the Lord's help. Be strong and let your heart be brave and wait for hope in the Lord's help. In the Living Bible version of verse 13, David says, I am expecting the Lord to rescue me again. Child of God, you got to have an expectation of a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me again, no matter what trouble arises, no matter what hardship, difficulty, heartache or heartbreak arises, you've got to expect the Lord to rescue you again. David goes on to say, so that once again, I will see his goodness to me here in the land of the living. Psalm 34 and 8 says, oh, taste and see. I know that we've had a lot of good cooking over the holidays, but when you taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. When we hide in him, when we take refuge in him, he is our fortress, our shield, and our buckler. A buckler is a strong place a stronghold. So David goes on to say, David understood that he is our refuge and our fortress. So 
In Psalm 84 and 11, David says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Child of God, you've got to have an expectation in the new year that nothing will be held from you as you walk uprightly in accordance with his sovereign will. Your faith connected to his sovereign will will produce the good things that he has designed and destined for you. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 declares, For eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of or the minds of the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Child of God, as you continue to love him, there are some things in this new year that God has prepared for you. As you walk by faith in accordance with his sovereign will, there's going to be, you're going to walk up under an open heaven where the blessings of God are being poured out because you're up under the canopy of his blessings. Nahum 1 and 7 declares, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Joseph declares to his brothers in Genesis 50 and 20, you know the whole story. They despise Joseph because Joseph is a dreamer. In, in this new year, child of God, dream as you've never dreamed before. As a matter of fact, God said in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Child of God, Martin Luther King was not the only one who dreamed a dream. Dream your dream under the auspices, under the auspices and sovereign will of God. Joseph declared to his brothers after they despised his dreaming, after they sold him into slavery, after he was thrown into uh, Potiphar's wife, lied on him and thrown him in jail. After all of this, Joseph says in Genesis 50 and 20 to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Child of God, in accordance with God's sovereign will, you are the answer to somebody's prayer and the solution to somebody's problem. As you walk in faith in this new year, synergize by faith and your faith and your energy and your synergy in God's sovereign will. James 1 and 17 declares every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things, not some things, work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. He didn't say that all things are good, but he does say that all things work together for the good. The tears that you cried in this year, know that they're working for your good. The doors that were closed, know that they're working for your good. Because the doors that were closed in this year, God's going to open up new doors in accordance with his purpose for your life in the synergy of his sovereign will connected to your faith, which is the key to open up this door of God's sovereign will in this year. Finally, in the new year, finally, I close with this. His goodness to us is seen in Jeremiah 18 and 4. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred 
In other words, the clay was cracked in the hand of the potter. It was not perfect. It was imperfect. Just like you and I, none of us are perfect, but we are being perfected by the hand of the potter. The vessel that he made of clay, that's you and me. You and me was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. The synergy of God's sovereignty in this new year is the combination of our faith in God's word and his power as Emmanuel, God with us. Although there were hardships, difficulties, uncertainties, heartache, heartbreak, confusion, and chaos, things that you may not have understood, why you had to endure what you did, but God was making you, hallelujah, into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter. You're still here. You're still standing to the glory of God. And in this new year, know that your eye has not seen, your ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into your heart the things that God has prepared for him. As you walk with him in the cool of the garden in the new year, there's no stress, there's no struggle, there's no strain. And the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. As you walk with him in this new year, you're going to experience his sovereign will where God's going to show you just what he's intended for you as you walk under the canopy of his sovereign will knowing that you're going to be living under an open heaven in this new year. And as you share the blessings of God with others, there will be those that will give God praise for your light, for you are a city that sits on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden, that will glorify, that will see God in your life and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Child of God, share this podcast with family and friends during this holiday season. And as we enter into this new year, know that no matter what comes your way, stand, fight the good fight of faith, because you will continue to experience the prosperity and blessings of God because he is our sovereign Lord and King, and he is on our side and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us for his own glory's sake. In Jesus' name, happy and prosperous new year.